Hey everybody, it's Mark. Welcome or welcome back to the New Spring Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free New Spring app where you can access all of our recent message content. Actually, the app is the easiest way to share all this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around here at New Spring. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Well, that's pretty good. Well, yeah. I'm Dan Kubish. I'm the senior administration pastor here. And uh, it's great to welcome you today. We are talking about family ministry. And with me today is uh, Daniel Mahana. He's over student and ministries, Wire and Thrive, has been now starting his 10th year here, right? And then Jesse Mahana is... uh, been here 12 years. He's our elementary school pastor. And so they're going to be talking today with me as well. But before we get uh, into what we want to talk to you about today, I just want to tell you a little bit about these two. Uh, You know, it's very unusual for uh, the average student student ministry pastor usually stays at a church for about 18 months. And for Daniel to be here 10 years, starting his 10th year, is just amazing. And Jesse starting his 12th year. But these guys work super, super hard to reach boys and girls and students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they are two of the most hardworking individuals I have ever met in my entire life. Their mother, actually, is our director of Baby Bay. And so it's kind of a family thing here. But I can't say enough about these two young leaders and what God has done through them. Uh, here at New Spring Church, and it's just a joy to have them. Uh, a little side note, we're excited about the new series coming up. Next week, Mark will be back with the Worlds of Warfare. The following week, we start a brand new series called I Follow. You need to get part of a group. Uh, it, it is going to be a tremendous message. We've had the joy of sitting in the conference room yeah. talking about these messages. Uh, it is going to be very powerful. So make sure you make that extra effort and get in one of those I follow groups. But today uh, we were talking about family ministry. Last year we kind of posed a question to our church and to you folks, uh, those of you watching online as well. What is the faith of the next generation worth? And as a church and as a family ministry staff, we have answered everything. It's worth everything to reach the next generation. And so today, though, we are going to talk about how to ignite the faith of the next generation. And so we're going to have lots of fun and talk about five important things. So this is for everybody in the room, not only parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, future parents. This all has to do with everyone uh, that is listening to my voice. So Daniel, get us started with yeah. number one. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this first principle because I think it really is the heartbeat of our ministries. Um, we call it widen the circle. And um, what we mean by that is we, we want to pursue strategic relationships for kids and for each other. Um, but what I wanna he- want, want you to hear us say this morning is that um, we really believe in families. And this is, a, this is a partnership, right? This is why this is for everybody in the room because uh, we wanna come alongside families as a church and a ministry to really empower them and encourage them and ignite the faith in the next generation. But that can't be done unless we have leaders like the ones we have in our ministry and like you who step up and say, you know what, I really wanna do something about that. And so to all the parents, I just want you to hear us say this, that we believe with all of our heart that what happens at home is way more important than what yes. happens at this church. Yeah. Um, and you ha- no one has more potential 
in the life of your kid than you as a parent. Um, I'm a parent, I'm starting to learn that. I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Um, I don't know what we were thinking. No, I'm just kidding. It's a blast, we love it, we're in it. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I'm not a parent of teenagers yet, obviously, but I've worked with teenagers for over a decade and we've seen patterns, we know where they're at developmentally. Um, but I just want you to hear us say that because it's so important that you, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit sometimes as parents, right. but no one has more potential than you in the life of your kid and their faith than you as the parent. But saying that, even though you're a mom and your dad and no one can do what you do, we also believe that there are things that your kids are gonna experience and they need other people's influence, which means that you're not the only influence your kid needs or your student needs. And what we've discovered as we've kind of built these ministries is that two combined influences are way more impactful in the life of a kid and in their faith than just two influences. Mm, right. That's why it's a partnership, because when we come together and work together, um, it makes a big difference. And so, Jesse was saying this, the last couple hours is that there, there's, we love stats and numbers. Yes. <laughs> it helps us navigate things. Um, but as a church, pre-COVID, right. if families actually attended, you know, we, we're, we're connecting with kids online and through Zoom meetings, even in the midst of this. But um, w- most families would come on average maybe 40 hours, uh, 40 weeks of the year okay so so that's 40 hours a year that we are seeing your kids any given kid and that's like you said pre-covid so it it could be lower it could be lower yes but the amount of influence parents have is huge compared to that yeah it's like three to four thousand hours a year three to yeah three to four to five if your kids are going from home (laughs) this year for school because that's three thousand hours of influence that the parents have so just as a church i mean dan really led the way for us here shifting to say, hey, we're going to partner with parents because we can't leave those hours on the table. You yeah. know, the chips are down. Mark has said this, you know, the the signs are there and we have to be all in to win it. And so yeah. we have to partner with And parents. we had to make a very strategic decision back in 2006 when we started all this, that the church was not the spiritual champions for kids. It was the parents. Yeah. The church is sort of like the spark plug. I mean, we want parents to be influenced by the church right. and in turn, the parents influence their kids. Yeah. And that's why we set up how we set up was that we had so many programs thinking the church was to replace the parents and be the know-all of yes. everything spiritual for their kids. And we're not. We are just a spark plug. The parents have the influence. Yeah. We try to influence the parents. Yeah. yeah. So I think when it comes to, that's such a big thing. And when it comes to widening the circle, there's three things that we think about. One is we want kids and students to get connected in a small group Mm. so they can start valuing a faith community, Mm. so they can wrestle with questions um, and their doubt and all of that and grow their faith. So we see that happening with toddlers in our Adventure Avenue and it advances involvement as they get into elementary school and are soon to be our preteen environment and our middle school and high school. That's really when they need it because students kind of distance themselves from parents. Um, And so we want to lean in at that during that time. So small groups is a big part of that. And then it's also giving students an opportunity to serve, to be a part of something bigger than themselves. We really believe that students and kids don't really understand their significance until they're given something significant to do. And when we see kids really interact, it's incredible. I mean, they're incredible leaders in this church and in the community, and we get to see them live that out in front of us, which is awesome. But we also believe it's about, for all those of us parents, getting connected in a small group, and even leaders in our ministry, we encourage everyone to be in a small group, a life group, some kind of community group yourself, the I follow groups that are coming out. I follow group. There There you go. Yeah, it was a nice plug, wasn't it? Um, But it's, uh, we we want you to be connected in the community because it's so important to get connected to people who are in the same stage of life as you are uh, so that we can navigate the seasons that we're in. So when in our ministry, small groups, we get every kid in connected 
to a community of people. We have leaders who walk with students in middle school from sixth grade all the way through eighth grade and from high school from ninth grade all the way to 12th grade. They build relationships. They're not just a teacher going right. over questions and crafts, so that's a big part of it. They are, their, their primary task is to build relationships with kids mm-hmm. and students. And uh, it, it extends outside these walls. It's not just what's happening here. I mean, we have a group of guys in high school that will meet at the YMCA and work out together. Um, it's just incredible what they do. In fact, I wanna tell you a quick story. Um, we had, I could tell you hundreds stories and I see some faces in here of leaders in our environments and I wish I could highlight all of them because they're incredible people. But we had um, two, two ladies that stuck out to my mind. Their names are Becky and Amy. They, they had walked with a group of students from fifth grade all the way through eighth grade and then started over. Okay, so these are amazing people. Um, and now they have a group that's in sixth grade and they wanted to connect with them during this pandemic because they were all, you know, all of our leaders were Zooming with their kids once a week or trying to or midweek or something um, or texting group me. They were trying to stay connected. And so they decided they were going to connect with all the parents of the girls in their group and try to make sure that they would go to their house and bring them a gift, social distance that they preferred it. Most of the girls were just happy to see them and ran out and gave them a hug. Uh, but there's one group in this, one girl in this group who lives two hours away in Independence, Kansas. Their family drives here um, almost every weekend and uh, volunteers. They, Serves, yeah. yeah, they're big. They have an incredible family. This will blow your mind. But back when we had an 815 service, that family would come to that service. To yeah. the service, right? They're like super Christians. Their, okay. <laughs> their son would get um, up at five and sleep in the car. I mean, it was amazing. But. Yeah, they're they're awesome people. Well, they had, these leaders had tried to connect with every girl, and yeah. they didn't hear back from this parent. So they reached out to her and said, "Hey, we didn't hear about a time to schedule a time to meet with your daughter." And they said, "Well, we, we just assumed you wouldn't come because it's two hours away." And they said, "No, we're going to come to you." So this family is always coming to us. Our leaders drove two hours um, on their own time, spent two hours with the family, and then came back. And so. That's what we do in student and kids ministries. We have leaders that build relationships with kids to partner with families so they can help make their faith their own and really develop a faith that's la- that lasts. That's so cool. And so it's just, just so incredible. I could tell you story after story. Well, um, I love about that story is when you look at this family saying, hey, church is so important. We're going to drive two hours for all this. Before COVID, they say, hey, we're going to drive two hours and be there. But then when it hits for the church now to come back and say, hey, you're so important. We're going to drive two hours to connect with you. What that does for that family and those kids, for them to realize, man, this this is a big deal. This is a, a faith community. And, um, you know, what I love is, is for, for Sarah and I, we've just been so blessed. Our family, you know, and Daniel too, our family lives here in town. And so we have a wide circle of family that can influence us. And for Dan, you know, there's been oftentimes when we purposely, in fact, last night, Leslie spent the night with Papa and Grammy because we want to widen our circle and allow other people to speak into it because it really helps it helps when you have someone that's a little bit farther down the road than you that can speak into and, and give you a different perspective, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's part of the reason we say get connected in a community group because right. you can have people who are working alongside with you. But it's also about trying to find people who are a little bit farther ahead than you and are, have been where you want to go with your family. Um, and that's why our next principle, we call imagine the end. And so we wanted Dan to talk about it because... I'm old, is what they're saying. I'll be 60 next year. Imagine the end isn't as ominous as it sounds with the old guy talking about it. Yeah, for Debbie and I, I mean, let me read this verse. Uh, You know, it's in Psalms 127. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. And one translation says, God's best gift are children. And man, does America and the world need to realize that? 
that children are a blessing from God. And then verse four says, children are born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. And so when Debbie and I had our first kid, Nate, uh, and, and for every, we had five kids and 10 grandkids, and we have four more coming uh, by April. Uh, in fact, the, the last two are twins, we just found out, so we're excited about that. But with Debbie and I, we had to decide, we have these arrows, our children, where are we gonna shoot them? You know, not when are we gonna shoot them, where? You know, you have to have a target. And Debbie and I, we'd have discussions. How do we want our kids to be when they grow up? How do we want them to be like an adults? What do we want them to know that is super important that we want to make sure we don't miss with them? And for us, it was, uh, you know, we had a lengthy list, but the top three or four, first of all, we wanted them to know that it's all right to serve God and love others and, and be part of a community of faith. I mean, Debbie and I were influenced from this church. We've been here now for over 30 years on staff for 25. And New Spring has been an influence in Debbie and, our, and I's life and how we raise our kids. And in turn, we can be an influence to our kids. But we wanted our kids to know at a very, very early age that it's all right to serve the Lord. You don't have to get paid for it. You can just serve and serve others. In fact, we have a picture. This is Nate. I was talking to Nate in between the services. I think he's nine or 10. Uh, Nate's running the jib over there, that big long camera right there. That's Nate. Uh, he's lots older now than in that picture. Uh, but that's Nate. And uh, that young man sitting on the floor like that, he couldn't do that now. That is Billy Poor, our executive pastor. And at our old location, we decide, we had orange carpet uh, and orange pews, uh, and we decided uh, it was time to give up the orange. And so on one weekend, get this, after Sunday morning church, we took up all the pews, the room probably set four or 500 probably at most, and we took up all the pews, ripped up all the carpeting, extended the stage out, redid the front of the stage, add new lighting, repainted, all within one week, had it done Sunday morning, like at 3 a.m., I think is when we drove home for the next service. People walked in and thought, what in the world happened? This all happened in a week. And that was that picture there. But we purposely would bring our kids to have them serve the church because we wanted them to know it's all right to serve at a very, very young age. And we, that's what we do in kids' world. We want these kids to know they can change the world around them right now. They don't have to wait till they're 18 or get a college degree and married and two kids. They can go out and change the world right now. The other thing that we constantly talk to our kids about was we want you to be in the center of God's will. We're not going to try to tell you what that is because for each one of our kids it was different. But we encourage them not to follow the money. You know, I've had so many kids come that feel like they're called to the ministry. But mom and dad, their advice is, well, you need to follow the money. You're not going to make any money in ministry. And that is so terrible. Stop doing that. The best thing you can do for your kids is to say, be in the center of God's will. And whatever that is, that's where you'll be the happiest. And whether it's a plumber, construction worker, whether you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, an attorney or a pastor or a missionary, just be in the center of God's will. And that's what for us, as having those kids like arrows, that was the target we were shooting at. And we, I remember our, my middle son, Philip, uh, he would come with me when we built this building in 1999. Uh, we saved some money and we thought we could build our own cubicles. So we went and bought all the stuff from Sam's, I believe it was. And there's like 10 trillion pieces in one box. 
And these are, you know, big square cubicles with drawers and, you know, all that stuff to it. And it, I think the first one took us 12 hours to put together. It was just mind-numbing. But I would bring Philip in every day, and he'd wear this little tool belt. He was probably about six. He would have all the screws, and he, there was two older gentlemen in the church that spent a whole week putting those things together. Philip was there every minute. Every one of those were put together, and he was a big help. But why did we do that? Because we wanted him to learn how to serve. It's just like teaching kids to eat vegetables when they're one and two. It's lots easier to get them eat vegetables when they're young than when they're 10 and say, hey, guess what? Here's a Brussels sprout. Give it a try. You know, we do it when they're younger. And so for us, even on their birthdays, we would bring them into church and say, hey, on your birthday, we're going to go serve and do something at the church. And we don't regret that. I mean, because I have five kids and they all married people within the church because they were at the church. And we, Debbie and I, made sure we brought our kids to church. It's a powerful statement when a dad brings their kids to church. It makes such a huge difference. And I know not everybody can be in that situation, but granddads, uncles, you know, you can step into that role. But when an adult male brings their kids to church, that kid will stay in church the rest of their lives. And for us, we wanted to make sure our kids not only stayed in church as they got older, but also when they have kids of their own, that they're bringing their grand, or my grandkids to church as well. Yeah, you know, I think what's so cool about Imagine the End, I don't know if we said this this service, but I married Dan's daughter nine years ago. It's not how I got my job. I, I had my job. He was already employed. I, I had didn't my even job. hire him. He was already here. That's right. Yeah, I had my job. I originally started on maintenance, and so I joked the first service. I spent a lot of time in the video uh, lady's office because Sarah, she did video, and so I would yes. hang out in there because, anyways, we're married now. The point is, uh, when you think about Imagine the End, you know, what I love about your story, Dan, is you guys said, hey, we're going to imagine the end and we're going to shoot this arrow. But now that has influenced my kids. And even you said last, last hour, you know, your dad was the one yeah. that influenced you and imagined the end for you as he raised you and said, hey, I'm going to make church a priority for my son. Yeah. Well, now, you know, you know, you, um, your dad never got to meet our kids, That's you know, right. but his fingerprints are all over the way that they're raised on, on my kid's birthday, we bring them in and, you know, Lizzie figures out how to help me hang birds so they can fly down from the ceiling. But that's, that's right. part of what we do now. Yeah. Uh, but it was you guys saying, Hey, we're going to fire this arrow. And I think sometimes when, you know, when you imagine it, you can step back and say, Hey, what's really the most important thing. There's no doubt that every parent has the best in mind for their kids. Sure. That's why they push, Hey, I want you to do sports or I want you to do, get a good education education because you have the best in mind for them. But sometimes in that we underline the wrong thing. The most important thing is what is their relationship like with their heavenly father? The most important thing is can they develop and build healthy relationships? Yes. Are you modeling that yeah. for them? And I, and I think that sets up well the, the next point of just, hey, at the end of the day, are you valuing the relationship that you have with your kid? Yeah, I, I think this, this is such an important conversation. Um, but when, when you think, I want to piggyback on something you said, because I feel like you guys are so blessed to have yes. each other and the parents that you had. And you mentioned not everyone has a situation. That's all the more reason we should widen our circles, yeah, right? There right. might be single moms in here. There might, you, might be, you might have foster kids. Or maybe you wish you would have had a dad that was involved in your life. You can be a leader that steps up and helps be a small group leader and invest in those kids so they have a male role model. Yeah. Whatever it is, I mean, there's, there's opportunities 
opportunities for us to really work together and partner together. That's why it's so important so that kids understand what is most important. And I think so often we struggle with this because we base so much of our identity on what we do hmm. rather than who we are, which yeah. is why our next principle, we, we, we say fight for the heart. And when you're imagining the end, which is hard for us to do because mm-hmm. all we see is today, yeah. and so it's hard for us to you know, think about where we're going. Um, I know as a parent, I struggle so much with how my kids are behaving, and I focus on that too much instead of who they're becoming. And I want them to become great people who love God and love other people. And I want them to be excited about who they are and not just always trying to figure out what is it I'm going to do and that's what my identity is. It's about who they are. And I think if we imagine the end and fight for the heart, fight for what matters most, it really helps us do that every single day because we know where they wanna go. Someone once said people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. And I think that's why we have to have the end goal in mind constantly. If you gotta write it down or put it on your refrigerator, every day look at it this is what I want my kids to be that allows for us to focus on what matters most which is fighting for their heart because we can fight for our kids to behave the right way and lose their heart in the process and I know that when when my kids they're connected in small groups and I know that the kids the leaders in in my kids life are going to fight for their heart just as much as I am and so I just think that's so valuable so I want to read Colossians chapter uh, 3 this is such a cool verse I think I mean it was written to fathers but I think it's applicable in a lot of relationships Um, it says fathers and this is the amplified version, by the way, which is an incredible translation. Do not provoke or irritate or exasperate your children with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by favoritism or indifference. Treat them tenderly with loving kindness. Why? So they will not lose heart and become discouraged or unmotivated with their spirits broken. So I think fighting for their heart, focusing on what matters most is really important. And it becomes a lot easier when you have a, a rhythm for it, which yeah. is our next principle, create a rhythm. Yeah. And, and I, man, fight for the heart is such a big deal. I, I think um, one of the things I, I had to learn, I'm still learning, I don't have this down by any means, but especially with our oldest, Lizzie, you know, um, I would realize in the middle of disciplining her, if we were out of the, out of the restaurant and she was having a meltdown, I realized sometimes I, I parent more from uh, what people perceive of me than what's actually best for my kid. So I would parent out of embarrassment because she's having a meltdown instead of stopping and saying, hey, why is she having a meltdown? You know, sure. and even like with COVID, man, with COVID, when everything happened, our kids, the behavior was not what it normally was. But it wasn't because they were purposely being disobedient. It's because the whole world been flipped upside down. And they're trying to figure out, hey, where do I fit into this new schedule and this new rhythm? Sure. And that's why, you know, create a rhythm. It's a little bit different than a routine because routines change. But a rhythm is, hey, and Mark said this the other day, forgive me for breaking a sentence, but Mark said the other day in his uh, uh, Worlds, of, uh, gosh, Worlds of Warfare, yes, yes. Warfare. I got that right, okay, uh, in that series, he said, you know, you're not a body with a spirit, you're a spirit with a body. Yes. You don't have a spiritual life that you need to check mark, you have a spiritual, you have a spirit that has a life, and so is that a priority in your life? And so create a rhythm just says, hey, can I leverage what is going on in my life to talk about the most important things? Mm-hmm. You know, and here's the thing, I, you already have a rhythm, I already have a rhythm, your families have a rhythm, I shared this and I might as well do it the last service just to embarrass myself, uh, but, and my wife's on the front row too, so she'll be embarrassed too, it'll be great. Uh, but you know, our family has a rhythm, we have a, we have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, and our two-year-old, Sam, already has a rhythm, and he knows the rhythm of our family. Uh, we come here, uh, the coffee shop isn't open in the morning, because uh, we get here early, that's the cross we bear, uh, but uh, we have to get coffee, so Sarah and I get coffee. 
coffee, and I won't say where we get it, but we like to get things that could dunk in the coffee. So we go to get our coffee, and we come from Derby, so we come off 96, and my son already at two knows if the left blinker goes on, it's going to be a good day because he's getting a donut. He knows already. He's two. He can barely, he barely knows he's alive and he knows where donuts are. Okay. So if we go right, he knows I'm not getting a donut and it is, I need to let mom and dad know that they did not turn the right way. Already we have a rhythm. Now, I don't know that you want to mimic that rhythm. I'm not necessarily recommending that. We're working on it. I'm in a five-second program for donuts. But the point is, you have a rhythm, and can you leverage it to be intentional? I think so often with parents, for me, and maybe I shouldn't speak for everyone else, but for me, I get lost in the minutia of parenting, all the different things. Do we have the diapers? Do we get this? Do we have that? And I forget just to be intentional with the rhythm that we have. So I want to read out of Deuteronomy 6. You know, we we read these uh, verses at baby dedication, because this is... Uh, this is Moses talking to a generation that had the chance to get it right. Yes. And he was saying, hey, we want to love God and love others. This is the commandment. It's the most important thing. Love God with all of your heart, mind, and soul. That's the most important thing. And so later on, he says this, talking about loving God, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them. Listen to this imagery. When you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up, tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And this is a little convicting for me, but what is written on the doorposts of my home? Is it that Jesus Christ is the most important thing and I want to stay in the will in the center of God's will or is it something else? And so we just want to we just want to encourage you in a lot of the ways we partner with parents at at church here is we try to give you cues. In fact, the app that we have, it's a free app. You can, get, you can download it. It's called Parent Q, but we call it Parent Q because we just want to cue you on hey, here are some of the things that we talked about. And you don't have to prepare a whole devotional and you don't have to make birds fly from your ceiling at your living room, okay? You don't have to do that. But can you take the spark plug of what we do here and put it in intentionally in the rhythm of your home life? So when your kids get up in the morning before they go on the bus or before they get in front of the Zoom call, can you pray for them? Can you encourage them? Can you talk about how, you know, this month, in TV2, we're talking about friendship. Can you talk about the value of having great friends that encourage them or having Jesus Christ as their best friend? Um, you know, one of the other things that we do that I love in Adventure Avenue for my younger kids, we have this little placemat. And this placemat is great because one of the rhythms for our family is we get together and we eat. Sometimes donuts, but we get together <laughs> and we eat. And so if we're going to do that, what if we put something in front of our kids at the table that they can get messy, they can tear it up if they want to, but it has things on it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. That's the verse this month. And already, Sam, he's only two, but we were working on it with him yesterday. We were saying, hey, for I know, and you really can only understand no, but he's really good at that word. Um, But he's working on it. Already he's working on it. We've just said, hey, we're going to put this in. When we sit down to eat, we're going to talk about the most important thing. Um, The other thing, you know, for, uh, for, in 2 2 the thing that I love, we have these, and they get taken every once in a while, but it's called a God time card, and it's just, hey, as a young kid, can you already start for your elementary kid, your first, second, third, fourth grader, to have them start spending some time on purpose mm-hmm. with, their, with their creator? You know, for Lizzie, she's six now, and we homeschool her, and so on Monday and Fridays, I'm off, so I get to be the teacher, um, so pray for her, uh, but... 
But, you know, we work on this. This is part of our thing. We say, hey, we're going to do our God time card today, and we're going to read some scripture, and it's going to challenge us with something to think about. But because we want her to see how important it is to just put in the rhythm uh, having this as, as part of your life. You know, one of the things Dan did early on with our kids is I would catch him. He would have Lizzie outside, and he would say, hey, look at the stars. Who made those stars? Aren't they beautiful today? And we, he just had that as part of our rhythm. But now that's a rhythm in our family. Constantly, usually dad will say, hey, isn't it a nice day? Let's thank God for how nice it is if they're complaining. Uh, I'll do that. But we do that all the time. You know, the other day, Lizzie, she's six years old. There's a movie going on in the minivan, but we're driving and she stops and she says, dad, look at that sunset. Isn't that beautiful? And I could challenge her. I said, who made that sunset? God made that sunset, but it's part of our rhythm. It's one of the cues we have in here is, hey, while you're driving, talk about what is most important. And I think also that's what's so great. Everybody needs to download the Parent Q app, whoever you are. If you come to New Spring, you need to download that app because, uh, you know, part of the widen the circle process, yeah. we had Lizzie last night at dinner, and what did my wife do? Lizzie, what's your memory verse? Yeah, that you're, and she, you know, she could, what did you learn about today? What was the story about today? And with the Parent Q app, even though we're not Lizzie's parent, we're her grandparent, yeah. it allows us to see in what they're learning so we can refor, reinforce exactly what mom and dad is trying to teach them. And it's a wonderful partnership. Hmm. It's awesome. And I, I think, um, Daniel, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I think, especially I have younger kids and I work with younger kids. And so I, what I've seen, especially in the elementary age, is you have so much control over their schedule, it is a little bit easier to create a rhythm. But how have you seen in the, over the decade that you've worked with middle school and high school, how have you seen parents do this effectively or intentionally? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And it's cool for me because I still have young kids. So when I'm connecting with teenagers in, in our environment, I get to know their, I can sometimes get to know their parents as well. And I get to ask them for advice, yeah. you know, um, and then I act like I know what I'm doing. Um, but I, I feel like so, so often it's so different. I, I look at all this and it's so daunting sometimes. It's like, you know, we look at, we hear about your rhythms and it's yeah. like, oh man, do I need to do some of that? You got to find something that works for your family, right? right? There's no one way to do it. And it, you just have to, like you said, take advantage of the time you do have together um, and maybe even lean on your, your kid's small group leader, ask them for some advice. But we've seen, we've seen parents who will, with their teenagers know, with, with jobs and school and sports, everything going on in their life, even now, um, they try to reserve one night a week where they know everyone's going to be home. We know, hey, everyone's going to be here. They got homework. They don't have work this night. And we're going to eat dinner at the table that night. And we're going to keep cool. that night sacred. It's only one night a week, but we know everyone's going to be together. Uh, so things like that, strategic test me text messaging throughout the day. Um, to your kids and students. I've seen parents do that really well. Some, anything that they can do to just leverage the time that they have to create a rhythm that uh, helps them know that they're there for them. So I think, yeah, I, there's lots, people do it all kinds of different ways and, well, and you can get creative. Well, it changes too. It's not static. This should change as your kids get older, they get into a different phase. I think part of it is just asking the question, are we being intentional yeah. with the time that we well, have? Well, even now I still, I'll take my sons to lunch, you know, once in a while, or, you know, with my two daughters, Sarah and Grace, we still have daddy-daughter dates, you yeah. know, and uh, we'll go out, and now it's daddy-daughters and granddaughters, you know, <laughs> uh, but we, just that time, I mean, you, you go from a parent to being almost a coach to almost being an advisor, you know. You're not telling your kids what to do. You're just trying to encourage them and still be a part of their lives. Yeah. 
Well, our last principle, as we wrap up, I think is one of the most important ones um, because it's, it's just so important to what we do because really all of it, you know, this is kind of a foundational part of it, but we, we call it make it personal. And this is, a, this is a principle that we, our small group leaders share with the, the principles for parents and guardians and families um, because none of this really matters if we're not wrestling with ourselves. You know, I think yeah. we so much we want, we want our faith, the faith in our kids to be real and authentic um, and, you know, matter to them. Right. But it, it's not going to get there if it doesn't matter to us as parents and as leaders who are investing in these kids. And yeah. so um, making it personal is just so important. And you, we were going to yeah. share a little bit about that. I think, you know, I think, you know, if there's anyone in the room, you'd say, man, I don't know if I'm on board with the Bible or Jesus yet. I, I just want you to hear our heart at New Spring. The reason why I make it personal is a, is a principle for our leaders and for our parents and really everyone is because we don't have it all together as Christians, but we know the thing that is the most important that is Jesus Christ. What you heard at the beginning of the service, that even when imperfection threatened to tear us away from our creator, he was willing to send his son to die on a cross for us. That is the most important thing. And I think if I want my kids to grow up, and I, if I'm imagining the end and saying, I want them to grow up with a strong relationship with Jesus, I have to check and make sure I have a strong relationship with, with Jesus. You know what? I think you might, you might be in this room as a parent or grandparent or whoever, you might hear what we're saying and hear um, like you're not doing it right or you're not doing good enough. And that's not your heavenly father speaking. It's not. Because here's the thing. I, you know, the other day uh, we were driving into work and the kids were going crazy in the backseat because our kids are human. And uh, they wanted to watch a movie. And they wanted to do this. And da, da 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 And dad snapped at them. I snapped at them. And we pulled into the parking lot and I just felt conviction of you're getting ready to go up and talk to kids and you just snapped at your kids. And so we stopped, and before we got out of the car, as dad, I said, guys, I need to apologize. I need to apologize because I shouldn't have snapped at you that way. And before we came in, and not because I got it all together, I think sometimes as parents we want to get our faith all figured out yeah. and pass off only the good stuff. Yeah. But I think your kids need to have you pass off, hey, I'm still wrestling with this. And I, before we came in, I said, we just need to pray that God would, God's Holy Spirit would help us to have an attitude of gratitude today. That how lucky we are that we get to be here. And we did. And Lizzie prayed, God help dad have a better attitude. She did. <laughs> but, but she's learning already that dad has to wrestle with this. And one day she's going to have to wrestle it. When, when she gets it for herself, starts her relationship with Jesus, she's going to realize, hey, this has to be happening in me because it's happening in my parents. And it's so important for kids to see authenticness in their parents. You know, if you only interact with your kids when you take them to Disney World or someplace else and they always see you having a good time and they never see you wrestle with your faith or have a bad day or cry or worry about bills, they'll grow up thinking, what did I do wrong because I never saw my parents, you know, being barnable, you know. And I just think, you know, for both of you guys, you display that so well to your kids. You, you live your faith out in front of them. The good, the bad, the growth part of it. And, uh, you know, you guys just do an amazing job. And don't you appreciate all their effort they put into student and elementary and preschool areas? Well, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you to invest in the next generation. Austin and Molly's coming out. They're going to sing a song called For the One. And it talks about how we should love like God loves, that we should love with our arms open wide. And that if people look into our eyes, they should see the Heavenly Father. 
And we're always needing people to help in family ministry. I mean, even before pre-COVID, you know, we would average about 42 first-time guests into kids' ministry every week. And if you take a one-to-seven ratio, you can see how volunteers are always needed. Even during the season that we're, you know, coming back from the COVID crisis, we're still seeing 20, 30 brand-new people come to New Spring every week. And it takes a massive amount of volunteers. But not only in family ministry, you could be here and say, you know, Dan, I don't know if I could do the kid thing. I don't know if I could do that. That's fine. We know people, uh, we just know that's the way God made you and we're fine with that. But there's places that you can serve on this campus, whether it's guest services, open the door for someone, making coffee, maybe it's playing an instrument up here, maybe it's running one of these cameras, working in the coffee shop, maybe it's taking that little red wagon that we call the welcome wagon and just going out in the parking lot and picking up kids and bringing them into the check-in stations to help moms and dads get in that are carrying so many kids. But we really believe that God has a ministry for you. And so while they sing, you can text, say yes to 97,000. Say yes to 97,000. There'll be a form that'll come populate your phone and you can sign up for any ministries. And those people will reach out to you and tell you what the protocols all are to do all that stuff. But I just want you to sit back and listen to this song and have God and you have a conversation about what should I do at New Spring Church. There's one thing that Debbie and I say to each other a lot. It'll come back and bite you once in a while just when you're not expecting it. But that thing we say to each other constantly is you have time for what you have time for. You have time for what you have time for. And so I just hope during this time, if you feel that pressure, I hope you do. Because I never apologize asking people to give, to uh, New Spring Church so we can build these environments for kids. And I don't mind asking for volunteers to step up to reach the next generation and ignite their faith because that is the future. It's the future of our church, the future of our country, the future of our world is this generation that we're trying to teach. So you pray about that. Text say yes to 97,000. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Wichita, the surrounding area, we'd love for you to engage with us in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our incredible kids and student environments, visit us at newspring.org. One more time, newspring.org.